What's happening, everyone? Welcome to Add It Up, a podcast where we chalk it up with all sorts of business leaders, company owners, marketing specialists, and creative experts from all different industries about the ins and outs of what it takes to make it in their world. I'm your host, Marcus Vadas, And for our first episode, we speak to Wing Lam, founder of Wahoo's Fish Tacos, whose restaurant business started out as a small taco stand in beautiful Southern California and has since exploded to over 60 storefronts in seven states. Listen in as Wing and I talk about what it takes to keep a restaurant chain alive during a global pandemic and how Wing saw an opportunity to create a new charity that has helped feed literally thousands of people. My brother goes, stop. Right. I mean, I have one more to do because we still got stuff. Because, but you're digging go, a hole. You're digging a hole because we don't have any more money. Right. We got to take care of our people. Yeah. Forget about taking care of them. Right. Right. And I said, okay, because in my head, I'm like, I always been a guy to say, hey, I can't do something. How can I do it? And he said, if you can find money, you can do it. Right. I'm like, game on. Also, with Wahoo's being a franchise, we talk about what's involved to open up a store. You might be a little surprised at what it takes. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the episode. Here's me talking with Wing Lamb. So you start Wahoos, right? Yeah, and what did Wahoo. what did you start? What did you have in mind when you started Wahoos? Just me and my brothers to have a place that we could work and hang out and go surf. That yeah. was kind of the the gist of it. And then we figured out really quickly that one store probably couldn't afford the three of us. Mm-hmm. Right? There's not that much money. So we said, maybe we'll open a few more stores. And then along the way... Was it a, was it a hit right off the bat? Uh, it wasn't. It was probably like, I would say, opening November of 88. It wasn't until like the end of, I think, January. So about two months, we kind of figured out that things were beginning to move. Okay. But remember... Two months, that's bad. Yeah, I mean, we were moving, but it wasn't like, aha. Uh-huh. But once we hit... And what were you selling back then? What was your menu? What did it consist basically, of? Basically, there were four proteins, fish, steak, chicken, and pork, okay. right? And we eventually said, okay, if you get one a vegetarian, we just take out the meat. Right? Right. So that was a vegetarian <laughs> option. Was, was the store, did it look like it does today with no. stickers everywhere oh, no, and no, all no, of no, the no. surf No, it was all because of Lesher. So it looked like... You know, a little, I call it dive taco shack, you know, in Mexico, but didn't have, you know, had the colors, the turquoise and the white was already in place, uh-huh. you know, and then there was a couple of, I call it decorations, like paintings, nothing crazy. It was just an old friend of mine from high school happened to, you know, stop by when we were opening. So she was hey, I'll paint a couple of like watercolor fishes and stuff. So it had so, a lifestyle vibe a to bit. it. But not but much. It, it looked more like, I hate to say it, like a bad, like Miami Vice bar kind of a thing. <laughs> it, just, it was somewhere like Miami slash Baja. Uh-huh. It had the colors, but it really didn't have a whole lot. Okay. But again, we didn't have a whole bunch, you know, money. Yeah, you're all just the money. starting out, right? Starting out. We just needed equipment and the hell with it. It was... A lot of learning because I'm not a tools guy. Right. right? I mean, paint, you know, so I basically, hey, you need to paint, you need to lay down the, the, the linoleum, whatever. We did it and helped the guys in order to save on the cost. We helped the, the real contractors do a lot of it. But more important, we knew the, the main thing would be the fish taco because that's what we loved about going to Mexico. And then the rest we fill in, right? Mm-hmm. And it goes, okay, the rest would be good. It won't be amazing, but we just got to hit it off the park with the fish taco. Was there someone you were trying to emulate? Was there another uh, restaurant in town that you were trying to beat? Or was it just a, a new idea? Yeah, at the time in 88, there weren't uh, that many places. Some restaurants had fish 
fish tacos on their menu. Yeah. But it was more of an afterthought thing. Like, hey, what do we do with the little trimmings of the fish that we don't need? Hey, we'll batter, fry it. And I mean, nothing wrong with it. It's just uh, by itself, the fish might have not looked good. Mm -hmm. But when you put it in a batter, like right. a cod, throw nobody taco. knows. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great, yeah. right? Fish taco, throw some sauce on there. So great fish, but just not good presentation on its own. Right. And also, cods are relatively inexpensive. So easy to buy, you know, mm -hmm. easy to deep fry it. Mm -hmm. And also looks amazing when it's fried because it looks bigger mm -hmm. than it actually is. Rumor has it that the way the fish became fried, it was the tempura style. So there was some, rumor has a Japanese influence in the mm -hmm. early days mm -hmm. because Mexican, you know, it's like everything is grilled mm -hmm. right, on a plancha, uh -huh. you know, on a flat top. Yeah. And all of a sudden these guys come in and go, hey, what are we going to do with all this fish you had all this abundance of fish they says let's fillet it deep fried nobody's going to know the difference because once you fried delicious once you deep fry yeah, it. and you can't see the texture so uh, that's the stories i've heard but it doesn't matter it was amazing right and it was it was good and you said let's make it cheap and it was you know right and tasted amazing so coming to this i'm like let's see if we can maybe clean it up a little bit meaning yeah just take out the batter because as we age we don't want to eat fried yeah, quote things. unquote americanize it yeah, americanize it and that's what we did and and then you know with our influence of growing up in brazil let's have some rice and beans that doesn't look like the traditional mexican right that's why we have the white rice the, the black beans so things were just a little bit off just enough different so you guys could set yourself apart yeah and people are always like hey first question back then 32 years ago, do you realize you're not mexican I goes, I, I think I know that I'm not Mexican. <laughs> and we're not selling Mexican food, right. but you're selling a taco. He goes, yes, we are, but with our twist. And the fish, you know, obviously became our signature go-to. And we've had, you know, I guess it's our signature. It's always our nemesis because cooking fish to perfection requires a little bit more training very easily to overcook so who was in charge of what you so you had your it was just you and your two brothers at the yeah. time so it's the three of you did you guys say okay i'm in charge of you know mingo you're in charge of this wing i'm in charge of this or <laughs> you guys just all wore hats all we wore all wore hats it just naturally because it, mingo was still in college at the time oh okay. so he was doing more i called the back yeah, how the old house. were you when when you started uh, i was 27 the two of us did a lot of the stuff in the restaurant because back then there's no marketing it wasn't anything that we needed to do but accidentally i call it like once we went out and did the trade show catering mm -hmm. my brother you know it was just one of those where my brother said hey i'll watch the store while you go okay. it wasn't one of those where hey i'm better than you it was just hey one of us has to man the store while the other goes out. Right. So it wasn't any, you know, and he said, and since you got the crazy notion in your head on how you want it done, why you don't you do it? it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I already had the vision on how it needed to be done. Okay. So I set up before taco trucks were available and outside, I call it taco stand. Yeah. So I literally had the wood burning. It wasn't like the grill, you know, gas. It was like charcoal. Ooh. It was, yeah, the first probably two to three years, that's what we used. Wow. And it was pretty amazing because I wanted to I recreate that, yeah. you know, taco stand feel. Yeah, that smoky flavor. Yeah, the, the whole thing. So we had that. We had the little, you know, cold top where we had the refrigerated items. Uh -huh. And you literally walked up, you got rice and beans in your tacos. So I said, well, we can't do the grab and go scenario if we want the wives to come. And we also have to have bathrooms. These are all the things that I knew the women would like as opposed to guys saying, later we'll go behind the building and pee, right? You can't do that in California. So we joked about having an indoor real taco stand. That was the idea. Right. Right? Okay. And it wasn't, like I said, after the trade show, we realized who all of our customers were because we saw them at the trade show in I Long see. Beach. And we're like, hey, you work for O'Neill. Oh, you work for Quicksilver. Oh, you I work see. for whatever. Okay. And surf brands promote their brand. 
using stickers. And as a kid, I always remember, go, God, it's so expensive to buy these stickers. Totally. Shop, right? Yeah, everybody collected stickers. Yeah. So when we went to the trade show, we got them for free. And we're talking not just one. We right, yeah, hundreds. hundreds. So we came and... So that's I, how that started, classing the stickers everywhere. Yeah, because I came back from the trade show. Basically, I had nothing to do in the afternoon, so I put a few stickers up to basically look a little more lively. Uh-huh. And that took a life of its own. People just come in and... And they started doing their own. Plaster like, up their hey, own. We didn't realize. And then at the same time, walking around the trade shows, mm-hmm. I asked a simple question. Because, hey, what are you going to do with that? They, they they call them POP, point of purchase, yep. right? Signs. And some were banners. Some were made out of foam core. Okay. Some were made out of, the, you know, lighting one. I said, what are you going to do with... And this is the company logo. Company right? logo. Like, yeah. what are you going to do with that after the trade show? He goes, well, what do you mean? Toss goes, it. Can I borrow? Can I, can I borrow it? it? Yeah, right. And, sure. and bring it to the restaurant and put it in a sandwich. You want to put that in your restaurant? He goes, come here at the end of the show. You can have it. So that's how we did That's how that all started. That's how it started. So again, once we put, I call it a handful, uh-huh. the other brand goes, well, uh, can yeah, I, I bring mine up? Yeah. All the other guys goes, hey, yeah. we'd love to have you supporting our brands. Right. So here's a box for you and the staff. That's awesome. Stussy, O'Neill, Gotcha. Yeah, right. So we had literally the top five brands. How long into it? What is this, a year into it? Oh, this is about three months in. Three months three in. Three months in. And then they all come there because they want to see their brand in the being exactly. promoted in the restaurant. Yeah. How many stores did you have before Steve came on board? We had two stores. And how quickly did it grow? Uh, like two stores, so that's two years. Two Steve stores. comes on board. Another year and a half, we opened Bristol. Like, I think it was in 92, we opened Bristol. And then, I think in 94, we opened Huntington Beach and Lake Forest. So, it, we would average, a, if you look at the first 13 years, yeah. it ended up averaging about a store a year. So, maybe one year we didn't open, then the following year we might open two. Did you have a growth plan of like, hey, every year we're going to grow? No, we're gonna, no, it was cash flow based. It was, hey, we, okay. we made a little bit more money. Uh, we should maybe get find another location. And customers were really dictating. They say, oh my God, I'm driving all the way from here. Can you open a store there? Yeah, how did you go figure out where to put the next location? Laguna was basically customers. One of my fraternity brothers, a dad used to come over. Uh, Herbert Lee, he was a mailman in Laguna. And he used to literally drive up to Costa Mesa about once a month. And say, dude, you got to open one in Laguna. And then one day he says, I found the spot. And I'm looking at him, he goes, you're crazy. We can't afford a spot in Laguna. Yeah. And he was right. We were and the able to spot you have is right there, man. It's Right, right on the beach. Yeah, so we got a great deal there because I met the owner of the building, Miss Nichols, and she happened to be a former restaurateur herself. And I said, hey, here's the deal. I can afford to pay X. I know across the street they're paying at least three to four times that, but this is all I, can, I have the money for. And your building's been empty for three years. Mm. And I'm going to spend another almost 100000 to renovate it. And at the end of next summer, if I'm still here, I'm going to buy the building from you. If not, I'm going to give you the keys back, but it's going to be brand new. She goes, done. What's it take today? So I've got friends that know I know you oh, yeah. and they're like, oh, I want to open up a Wahoo's in Timbuktu. Timbuktu. What's it take for someone to open up a today, Wahoo today? You have to have, I call it runway money. I call it cash flow uh-huh. to be able to, in, in case you, any hiccups. So give or take, you got to have about liquid, about a million bucks because it's going to take you anywhere between 500 to seven to aid to build it out and a few hundred thousand for operating okay so that you you gotta have that then you basically have to have the ability to listen because a lot of people say that but they really don't they got is there a vetting process before you guys say like it's someone doesn't come to you and say hey i've got the money and i don't want to go yeah we spend 
99% of our time talking people out of it. Because, it goes, because they love the idea of Wahoos. Running one is the opposite. Yeah. Because they, and the first question would be, because I want you to literally jokingly say, in writing, put your name right here. It says, if, if on a Saturday night, the GM decides that he got sick, something happened, he's right. got to go. He's got to bail. And the toilet broke. I want you to be able to come in on a Saturday night from wherever you're at and, and be here. Because if you hire a guy to come in and fix it, or whatever, there goes your week's profit or two weeks profit, right? Because the guy's gonna charge you two grand to fix it. But if you come in here and plunge it out, we're talking not a broken toilet, but it's just mm -hmm, a backup, mm -hmm. right? Can you come over and plunge it out and clean it? And and I can just look at the guy's face. Yeah. And I'm like, he's not cut out. Yeah, this. right, right, right. And that's right. it's nothing personal. Yeah, yeah. You but just wanna make sure Saturday you're making an everybody's yeah. making a, a the good investment. Yeah, yeah, because because he if his reaction is I'm gonna call somebody to do it, he goes, That's the wrong reaction. You have to be able to come in you got to be able to show up so these are all the things so just talking to guys and we we joke about there's two kinds of people and that's how you figure it out really easily if you're in the service side mm -hmm. or you want to be served mm. if you like to be served you shouldn't be in the you restaurant shouldn't be in the restaurant business. because everything is going to interesting you off. yeah right if right, you right. are a service guy yeah then you don't mind being a server right and that's a whole, they're two different mindsets. Huh. And most people are one or the other. Gotcha. And you guys like, opened up stores in New York, right? Uh, we had, uh, New Jersey, New Jersey. But we you had, had one in Manhattan. We had one in Manhattan. But that didn't work out. It just uh, a wonderful super example. Super expensive. People are just, you have to get people to come in and leave. It's, it wasn't that. It's the, the follow the book. The, the the biggest reason not to get into franchise yeah. is if you can't follow their playbook of whatever follow franchise. Whose playbook? Whoever franchise you're buying. Oh, yeah, yeah. If okay. it's an ice cream, okay, if it's a right. yogurt, yeah, or yes, tacos. Right. Then, you guys then, have a brand and the, you need to adhere the, to that brand. Just follow this the book. isn't your store. Yeah. And so we spend a lot of time telling you how the book works. Right. Just follow So it's, the, it's your store, but it's not your brand. Yeah, yeah. but follow the playbook, mm -hmm. meaning the recipes, the service, everything. everything. And there's a reason how they're all tied together, right? So New York said we they were on pace to do crazy numbers. Okay. Nothing wrong. Everything is amazing, right? Okay. Recipe for disaster, don't follow the playbook. I.e., uh, take the manager out and replace him with an hourly guy. Why Why should I pay this guy X when we can get an hourly guy to do the same thing? Okay. As soon as that happened, you right. can see the Quality train starts. and just going. Quality and service. How many, how many Wahoos are there? There's 54, I think, right now open, and there's six dormant because the stadiums, airports, and colleges are not open yet. Did you have to close... How many do you guys own? How many Wahoos do you guys own? Of the, we own, I think, 26 of the whole, 25, 26. Okay, and I how never, many states are you guys in? I think seven, let's see, Hawaii, Vegas, New Jersey, in Colorado, there's four, and in Hawaii, uh, sorry, in Japan, five. So there's five, in, so you got six states right now. Obviously, Wahoos is a successful yeah. company and doing yeah. well, and COVID hits, everything shuts off immediately yeah you have to make extreme changes in yes. the company and then all of a sudden you start doing this thing called the love drop right yeah. but correct me if i'm wrong you start to just go donate food to first responders yeah. so you're not making any money on this no. in fact you're losing money on losing this. money what so, was the 
What, how did that start and why? So right after it hit, we had, we basically gave, we set up pantry because remember, you couldn't even get toilet paper, right? Mm -hmm. So we went out and the restaurant supplier still had everything. Oh, yeah, 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 right. A commercial, a consumer had nothing. Right. No cleaning, no toilet paper, okay. no, yeah. the, the basic stuff, rice and beans. You can find rice and beans anywhere. We had it. So we took all that and set up pantry in all of our stores and told the employees, come in and get it. Oh, wow. Chicken, rice, beans, all the stuff, oranges, the basic stuff, toilet paper, we gave it all away. Wow. And we went, and so we not only gave what was in the store, uh -huh. but we went and bought additional because we felt bad that, because we could still get it. Right. When nobody could get toilet paper, we could buy it. So we did that for our employees. But we also had stuff that was already defrosted and marinated. And for, I call it liability reasons, we couldn't give a lot of that away. Okay. Right? Salsa. All the stuff that was ready to go. Yeah. Right? So I basically said, hey, why don't I go out and try to generate a little bit of press, social media? Oh, I right? see. So I went out and delivered to four Long Beach hospitals. Mm -hmm. By the third one, my brother looks at me, and it was about a one-week period, right? It was like boom, 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 because there's nothing going on. Yeah. All my events got canceled. My brother goes, are you great? Stop. <laughs> right. I'm like, I have one more to do because we still got stuff. He goes, but You're digging go, a hole. You're digging a hole because we don't have any more money. Right. We got to take care of our people. Yeah. Forget about taking care of them. Right. right? And I said, okay. Because in my head, I'm like, I always been a guy that said, hey, I can't do something. How can I do it? And he said, if you can find money, you can do it. Right. I'm like, game on. <laughs> that's that's him. And at the same time, it was the perfect, I call a storm. Uh, there were four stores that were barely hanging on. Because the other stores that were, when they cut the labor down, they cut everything down. Yeah. They were able to keep the lights on because the landlord said, okay. Yeah. But there were four. Yeah, everybody was in it together. Yeah. So. But there were four locations that were losing more money hmm. than they, they were going to get shut down. So my brother said, Two things. You need money, and if you get it, you need to order food from these four locations. So it became this matrix in my head. Mm -hmm. oh, okay, I'll keep every this, week. Now you're talking for the love job. For the love okay, job. So if you get money, you if need you to order from these four stores yes. so we can get revenue going through them. So that th these stores can keep their lights on. Okay. So I said, okay, how much do we need roughly? Right. So again, I was given a number and, and it wasn't crazy. It yeah. was basically- See, You're like, not making money. This is just to break even. To break even. Or, break even, keep those- keep those. Not even break even, just keep the stores employed. Keep the stores yeah, employed. Just pay yeah, the employees out of there, right? I needed to increase the- So you're sale. doing good all over the place though. Like no. you're taking care of your own. The other ones are breaking even because remember we went from you know 20 employees to three. Yeah. So they, they had just enough sales to keep their lights on. Right. And nobody's breaking even, but we're not paying the landlord. So it, it's okay. just enough to for the food and the labor. That's okay. all I cared about in the utilities. The three things. Landlord is on the back burner. So the other four stores couldn't even do that. They couldn't even pay for their labor. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I got to find a way to do this. I called, right? And luckily, Wendy said, hey, what are you doing? So the events. Now, who is Wendy? Wendy from KLOS. Mm -hmm. First thing we could talk, and Wendy goes, let me see if I can come and help you with her friend, Katie. Uh, Wahoos is the official food provider to KLOS. Oh, okay. So, we so were that's already, how we, you and Wendy know each we other. We already knew, yeah. So Wendy goes, hey, uh, what are you doing? I see that you're doing these things. You saw what I was doing. Yeah. Right, because I posted it. So she goes, well, how can we help you? I goes, well, this is what we need. We need the hand sanitizers. Not the, I need the little ones uh -huh. to give out. She goes, I, let me see, because we have a sponsor for the radio station, Drake's Organic Alcohol, Vodka. So she goes, they make 
they they are making sanitizers because so I said so well, Wendy's jumping on board to the love drop simply because she wants to help she out. She wants to help out and she's got nothing to do. Right. She's furloughed. Right? right. So Katie does the same, and so they said, well, what do you need? I goes one, we could use some exposure because the way we're going to get more money is awareness. Right. So he goes, well, let me talk to the radio station. She talks to Heidi and Frank. And at yep. the time, Frosty was still there. Uh-huh. Frosty got furloughed, you know, and I yeah. don't know if he's coming back. So they're saying, well, what do you guys need? And he goes, well, we need the little little bottles, the four-ounce bottles. He goes, Four-ounce bottles of the like, hand sanitizer. Yeah, but we need the empty ones because we got the jugs. Uh-huh. Oh, but gotcha. we need to right. transfer them. Okay. So there's photos of us transferring Holy the jugs into the things, right? Heidi and Frank gave us 750 bucks so we can buy these mm. bottles. So we can take it. Then I called Steve from Vans, and I said, hey, Steve. Steve Van Dorn. Steve Van Dorn from Vans. I go, Steve, what are you doing with all the merch that we were going to give away at the U.S. Open? And he says, nothing. <laughs> and I said, can I have him? He goes, why? He goes, the, the, the handkerchiefs. Yeah, they the use bananas, all the, yeah, right. The face cover. He goes, hats and come and get them. So we had the pink U.S. Open right? Vans. We have blue, black, and pink. So this, okay, so this is all for exposure, and you're getting a lot of free stuff from the contacts you own, but how does, how does the money come into play? Okay, so once we had something to deliver, right, I called Judy. The very first phone call I made was Judy from Cystic Fibrosis. She okay. owns an insurance company. and I said, She owns an insurance company. Yeah, but she's like the one of the main, you know, donors to the Cystic Fibrosis. And I said, hey. So there's money there. There's money. I goes, hey, Judy, what are you doing? And <laughs> sorry, it's got canceled. She goes, nothing. I said, you know, here's what we're doing, but I need money. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I can give you $1,000. And in my head, I'm like, yes. So need- you're able to keep these stores alive. Yeah, you're, just, doing, you're getting l- all this press yes. while doing something yeah, good for the yes. community. A little bit. And then once Charles came in, it took three drops, I believe, second or third. Uh-huh. By the third one that he came to he chalk, was sold. he's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah. Right? And in the meantime, friends of other friends that had money set aside earmark for charity said right. hey we're not doing anything yeah so loan depot was one of them through a friend they said hey wing we have money set aside so we got to figure out who to give it to because we're not a nonprofit, but this is what we're doing yeah like well here's some money Twenty thousand bucks. What? So now the ball. Like, wow. So I'm like, That's we got a awesome. little runway. So they said we like two hospitals, right? A UCI Medical, Chalk, and and a Mission. So that kept the ball. Right. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I got runway money. Yeah. Because even though it's not every day, they they already got it. So when they average all the days, I'm yeah, covered. Right. How many drops have you done so far? Uh, we've done over, I think, two hundred and fifty. So it, the ball just kept moving. Right. Right. Well, because people. People are also, they have money set aside for Thank events you. that aren't happening and those charity charity events that aren't happening. So it's already been earmarked. It's already And earmarked. now you're giving them a great, yeah, and great said, excuse to use it. Yeah, and I said, and more important, we give them great content. And then having you join us last summer after that video that we did uh-huh. up with the yeah. sister of Watts. Because uh-huh. think about that. Right, yeah, yeah They yeah. called us because they saw what we were doing. Right. And then we came up there. Yeah. And luckily we had some funds to cover because I had runway money from everywhere. Right. So we borrowed things. So we were never out loud say, hey, this particular drop is sponsored by this person. We just said, hey, here's our team. So nobody ever knew the receiving side who actually paid for it. Yeah, you've literally created an organization out of nothing. Nothing. You know, Just you friends that normally pandemic do Pandemic hits and you make an opportunity yes. out of it. Yeah. And it's been literally, I mean, all of us bring our resources together. Yeah. 
And without you guys doing the videos that we have to tell the story, I mean, the farm video, the sister yeah. Watts, yeah, no, I mean, the school do. ones, amazing. Yeah. And people look at it and go, God, what are you guys doing? And I tell them, hey, this is what we do, you know? These are the people and, and that we're easy. associated with. Yeah, and because you got great brands, great people, yeah. and great, you know, companies yeah. bringing it together yeah what do you see moving forward now that the pandemic is kind of coming hopefully to an end knock on wood are you going to go back to immediate growth are you just looking to get your footing back we want to stabilize everything because we're still not at 100 percent. we don't know when that's going to happen how close are you right now uh, what, what's the percentage uh, people think right now, i think we're going to be hitting 50 percent right shortly. oh right for people uh, yeah, to come into to the come stores in. and i i think the, the main issue right now for everybody is when are people going back to their offices mm -hmm. that's the major issue because it's not and that a lot of people aren't they're not because they, i mean they, think of all the corporate like the uh, real estate people the you know people that are in loan they're all working from home yes and these companies are going shit why do i need to pay yes for all of this real estate yes. and housing this office when these yeah. guys are just as productive if not more productive right. at home. yeah we need another probably like say 20 percentage points to, to get that's how far down we're still at we're to still 80 percent down 20 uh, percent down remember we started being 85 percent down we're now down about 80. i mean oh. so we're, we only got about 20 points to go you were so you were 80 so you had you were like 20 percent of what you were and now you're close to 80 yes. percent of yeah. what so you we were. got that's 20 pretty damn yeah. good so we're, we come a long ways yeah for but sure remember a lot of our friends are behind us, and I got a whole bunch more like the in and outs of the world that are way ahead. Right. Because even though they might have dropped in gross sales, their net has gone higher because they don't have nearly the labor inside. So the, the really? dining yeah, in and out has like a million people working there. I know, but remember, a lot of it was inside. You don't have those three cashiers inside. Okay. Right? So believe it or not, they, they're, they have, and they got just a tremendous amount of takeout. I mean, they've always had a yes. tremendous amount of and takeout. And in and out, because you're going to eat in your car, you have to eat a beverage. You said takeout. There's no margins in takeout. What does that mean? Meaning that they don't drink. Oh, the, gotcha. The margin is in the alcohol. Yeah, but... So okay. you, if they buy a number two combo rice right. and beans, right. I'm, let's just jokingly say I make 10%. But if you add a Coke to it, now I make, let's say, 25% aggregate. Gotcha. So on... Ten dollars, I'll make a dollar. If you add a drink, I'll make two fifty. Okay, does that so, make sense? Yeah, the margins are in the drinks. In the drinks. So reading out sales has dipped a little bit, but their their net has gone up. Wow. And mo that's the case with who almost else everything. is like that? McDonald's. Anybody has a drive through? Any fast food. Any fast food is they're going through the roof. Convenient because kids. Oh my God, I don't want to spend. Did Chipotle take a hit like you guys did? Yes, because they're indoors. Uh, they don't have the drive through the, the ones that have the drive through which I don't know how many. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So anybody that was indoors. But they're owned by McDonald's, right? So they're, uh, they're partially invested. Partially yeah, owned, yeah. okay. But anybody that was more indoor-centric without a drive through they, they, they took a haircut. So as long as you guys maintain, you'll be in a better position once everything kind of, oh, yeah. you know, quote-unquote, gets back to yeah. normal. And uh, some of your competition will have, like you said, taken a haircut. Everybody. Some of them will have fallen by the wayside and not come back, right? Yeah, some will be gone. I mean, I, I just don't know who survives and who doesn't. Right. And that's still, and again, you don't want to wish anybody. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's just, you don't know. But a know. business is a business, yeah. and, mm -hmm. you know, ultimately it's good for you in the end. Yeah. But again, you know, it's, it's a free country, you know, a fair. Everybody go out there, do the best they can. Yeah. And 
we want people to go out in general to eat. You know? Yeah. Well, so this love drop thing that you're doing, man, is awesome, and I'm stoked to see how big oh, that's grown. It, yeah, it's been uh, an amazing ride. I get to spend great quality time with my friends. Yeah. Making a difference. Yeah. And and we really we cheer each other on. So it's been great. Awesome. Well, dude, thanks for coming in, man. Oh no, anytime. I appreciate you chatting I didn't know it up we're, with us. I didn't even know we were on the air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, Wing is one of the most laid back and coolest guys I know. Every time I have a conversation with that guy, I learn something new that I can use in my own walk of life. I hope you enjoy listening to Wing as much as I enjoy talking to him. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss the next one. Add It Up is brought to you by Campsite Media House and recorded at West Entertainment in Irvine, California. It's produced by Andrew Maltese, Brandon Ruda, Greg Jacobs, and me, Marcus Vadas. And we are sponsored by the American Advertising Federation.